Hello, and welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there. With your host, Dr. Omerizami. Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azemi, and I am super excited to be here with Dr. Peter McQuillan out of Dubai. How are you doing today? Very, very well, thank you. The temperature is good outside and um, I've had a nice day in the sun. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we're just starting off our day here in uh, Toronto. It's going to be another cold one. So, um, so Peter, if you don't mind, if you want to just jump in, uh, I know you've had a pretty interesting past just going through your uh, Instagram page. Um, seems like you're a bit of an athlete back in the day and now you're sort of crossed into dentistry and now you're doing some good things within dentistry. So if you want to just give me a bit of your background and then, uh, we'll sort of, uh, jump off from there. Okay. Um, so I'm originally from Ireland, the North of Ireland, and I grew up in a very small, uh, very small town. Um, the primary school I went to, there was just eight children in our class as an example. Wow. And, um, Whenever I got to 18, I had the offer to go to um, Glasgow in Scotland, which is on the mainland of the UK, um, to study dentistry. I, I actually didn't get in the first time around. I was playing far too much rugby, yeah. uh, doing too much boxing, um, and I just missed out on the grades just by a few marks per subject. It was really frustrating. Yeah. So I had two options. Uh, one option, three options actually. One, give up, which is just not going to happen. Option number two uh, was to do a, another degree and then apply for dentistry after I completed. Um, and I didn't want to kill time. In the UK, we can go straight into dentistry. You don't need to complete an undergraduate. Yeah. Um, and the third option was to repeat my final year at high school, get the grades I needed, and then hopefully get in. And so I went back to school the second year round. And, you know, I actually enjoyed that second second time round a lot more than I did the first time round. Yeah. I made a lot more friends and a lot more friends I'm actually in touch with even till today, oh, nice. more so than the first time round. So yeah, fantastic experience. And then everything happens for a reason in this life, right? Yeah. So that's right. <laughs> perhaps. That's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. I got myself to Glasgow and um, began my undergraduate in, in dentistry. That's great. So, um, and then the dentistry degree itself, is it uh, five years over there or... Yeah. So in, in the UK, you, you have postgraduate ones, which are four years. Um, there's two dental schools doing that, uh, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of them um, are five years. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so far, I mean, um, I'm about uh, seven episodes into my podcast and um, I actually interviewed a dentist from Scotland as well, who's a second year out right now. So he's in, uh, okay. he's in Edinburgh right now. And uh, Callum McAllister. So he did, uh, same as you, he didn't get in first time around, I think. And he's, so he, I uh, did some school and went back and got in the following year. And uh, so he was just telling me that they have like the uh, sort of mandatory like internship sort of uh, work here, like training afterwards. So he's finished that and now he's just working as an associate over there. Um, okay, so pretty cool. So you finish up. Uh, when did you graduate in uh, Glasgow? So not long ago, um, 2013. 2013. So, so you've done a lot in this short amount of time. So tell me like, um, I'm curious because... I think one of my issues was when I was back in uh, dental school and I just graduated myself. I, so in Australia, the school years are a little bit different. Um, so I graduated in, in uh, December of 2016. So I've been like just about a year ago now. And um, 
while I was in dental school, like I didn't really have like a vision of like what type of practice or what type of dentistry I really wanted to be doing. I was more so focused on like uh, the business side of things and, and learning about the, like, management and like overhead and marketing and like, all this stuff. And now that I'm graduated and I'm working as an associate, like, I mean, that stuff is practical to an extent, but it's not really what's going to make you like be successful as an associate. Um, so I lack that vision. So I'm curious, you know, I'm, and that's why I'm sort of starting this podcast is to talk to people who are, you know, being successful at their and uh, executing their vision. Um, so I'm curious, like when you're in dental school, like, or even before, like, did you know, like, this is the stream that you wanted to go down, you wanted to do in like high end sort of cosmetic dentistry, or is something that kind of like you stumbled into after you graduated? I think everybody has an idea um, before and during dental school, um, what they what they want to want to become or what they envisage themselves becoming. And for me, I thought I'd go back to my quiet little town um, and just dish out amalgams all day long. I thought that yeah. <laughs> um, shortly after I, I graduated, um, I realized that I didn't want to, to focus on um, the, the English healthcare system, the, the health service treatments, and I wanted to focus on the private sector. Yeah. Um, because uh, it just it gave me a, a much larger menu of treatments I could perform for patients. Um, what excited me was, was transforming people's lives. So if I could find someone that's had a bit of a hard time not confident in themselves. Um, if I could do just one thing to them to give them that confidence to go out and change their life, then that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had my first taste of that whilst I did my um, final year um, of dental school. We, we have a program in, in Glasgow yeah. called Outreach. And in the Outreach, you go out and you treat patients as if it were real life. And um, I had a patient come in to me who was living on social benefits. He, he hadn't had a job for quite some time and just, you know, the guy was, wasn't in great shape. And um, I asked him, look, yeah. what, why, why do you not have a job? Why, why are you bumming out all the time? It's because I don't have confidence to go to an interview. <laughs> he says, if I had good teeth, if I could smile, yeah. if I could talk to someone, then yeah, no way. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be straight there. I'll be down the job center next week. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, it was pretty yeah. basic stuff. A couple <laughs> of composites, a spoon denture, and we got him on his way. And he contacted me a few weeks later. He had his first job. He was working in a bar. And, you know, Small things awesome. that we can do that we wouldn't yeah. blink an eye to as a dentist make means to people in their yeah. daily life. So um, when I had a taste for that, yeah, uh, awesome. I wanted to continue with it. That's pretty cool. So then um, you you graduate from uh, dental school. Uh, did you stick around to do like that one internship year um, in Scotland, or did you go back to Ireland? Or yeah, I mean, I, I you know spent effectively my adult life in uh, Glasgow from you know eighteen nineteen all the way through till twenty four twenty five, and. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was the system was it was well suited for you to leave Glasgow Dental Hospital or any Scottish university and go straight into a Scotland. It made sense. Yeah. You had the option to go to Ireland mm -hmm. or to England or or anywhere in the world really, but um, it just was the at the time yeah. the safe option to do and the clever option for me. Um, it gave me a chance then to focus in and hone my skills. Um, you know, the UK is 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 definitely a leader for aesthetics within dentistry. Um, uh, minimally invasive dentistry I'll add on to that and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so it made sense to be there uh, where I could travel down to London or to the Midlands Manchester Liverpool areas and go to a lot of courses where um, I could advance myself so that's what I spent my first year doing every paycheck I had uh, I invested back into myself um, I think I stayed uh, in my overdraft for the whole year actually you know, <laughs> that's smart though. I mean, if you had the vision to, and you did it. So what, um, 
what cor- what type of courses were you doing? Because um, so like I like I mentioned too, like this is something that I'm recently starting to get into. I want I, I realized I don't really enjoy doing like the patch up sort of dentistry and just doing like fillings and stuff. And I want to transition into you know larger cases and more aesthetic type stuff. Um, so I recently went and bought a camera. I got like my first like macro lens and some ring flash and uh, to try and take some photos and like incorporate that into my practice. But um, so I'm curious, like what, what courses did you find like the biggest like uh, ROI on? Um, was it like veneers or was it more comprehensive like occlusion or photography? Or, like what would you recommend to start out with? An average day in practice for me starts off with maybe some orthodontics. Um, I'll move on to some maybe veneer cases, uh, CAD cam dentistry. Um, and then do a lot of facial aesthetics. So I don't have like one set thing I'll do per day. I'll be treating, you know, multiple disciplines throughout the day as well as general. Um, So I think just going out and tackling them one by one, uh, you know, no one wants to be a cowboy at anything. Uh, Yeah. Find something that you're, you're good at within each subject and stay within that. Um, So I began on occlusion courses, uh, orthodontic courses, fixed and removable. Um, there's loads of systems out there to use, you know, they're, yeah. they're all, they're all fairly mm-hmm. similar. Um, I then did an advanced restorative course, which was a year long. Um, and then, um, finishing up a, a year long implant course as well. So these things, you just <clears throat> tackle it one by one. The easiest things to get started in is your occlusion, your ortho yeah. and your restorative, <laughs> and then move on to your perio uh, and your implants afterwards. Um, things that you yeah. should invest in. You've done the right thing. You've made the right steps, you know, buying yourself an SLR camera, getting a good macro, a good flash setup as well. So going for either a ring flash yeah. or twin flash if you want the mm-hmm. really nice photographs. Um, yeah. Another thing I invested into was training in facial aesthetics, which I don't think doctors in America or Toronto can do. Uh, dentists, sorry. Uh, you need to be a doctor. Is this for like Botox and stuff you mean? or you board, board certified, right? I think it's... Um... I think it's starting to come in. I know in Australia, dentists do it. Um, so I have a few, a few uh, people that we had like come teach us and I know they're doing it in their offices and doing some high-end yeah. stuff. Um, I've been hearing in Canada, it's becoming slowly more accepted, I think. Uh, I'm not too sure about the US though, yeah. uh, but I think it's, it's a cool area. Like I think if you're going to be in the whole aesthetic space, um, like it's a nice add-on to have, right? So it's a good supplement to have to add on to your like skill set and to offer that to patients. So we say we're treating the smile um, and also the face. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's quite often I'll, you know, do some simple orthodontics, straighten someone's teeth, uh, some whitening, mm-hmm. edge bonding, and then we'll finish off by doing, if it's a girl, some lips, you know, we can also drop a gummy smile, treat TMD. It's just, it's yeah. huge what you can do with it. So I would definitely invest mm-hmm. into one of those courses as well and build a portfolio of cases then you can use to try and get yourself a, a job within um, an aesthetic practice. Yeah, that's good. So after how many years did you like make your way over to Dubai and how's that been? Has that been like pretty rewarding compared to like being in like London, for example, or? Yeah. So I moved to Dubai only a short time ago. I've been here about six weeks. Um, oh, wow, okay. It's completely different to the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, a lot more insurance based. Um, and what we find is there's been a lot of um, sort of old school dentistry where it's been lots of traditional heavy preps on teeth. Um, yeah, I say not a lot of consideration given to being minimally invasive, um, mm-hmm. but I think things are definitely changing here. Um, I work in a practice full of specialists, um, so we work together as a team, and you know I'm learning an awful lot off these guys. Um, so it's been so far a really good experience, um, and I think whenever it's my time to leave, I'll leave with a lot more skills. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. So, so they offer up some good mentorship over there for you? or Absolutely. We sit down, grab a cup of coffee, walk through the cases together. I, I refer off. I can yeah. observe. Patients come back and then I, I do the fancy bit at the end. So it's mm-hmm. That's good. good. That's interesting. So what, because I was, um, I had another guest on the podcast, uh, Dr. Omar Akin. Um, he's pretty big on Instagram as well. He's a sort of a restorative dentist and he's working in Dubai. Um, so we were talking about a little bit about like, um, you know, the saturation issue and he was telling me, um, from his perspective, it's sort of like tiers of like practices over there. So it's like the, like, you know, the ultra high end, like the APAs and, and them. And then there's like the sort of the middle ground where people are doing like high end work and it's getting better. Like it's, um, the level of the work is improving over the past like five years from what he's seeing sort of thing. Um, and then there's still like those, you know, lower end practices where just, uh, volume, right. They kind of just pump out work and and go so uh what's your opinion on that like how's that been looking out for you and and what are you seeing from the saturation i I would i'd completely agree and i think a lot of people um they know what they're getting themselves into let's just say that they know if they're you know what's that old expression if you buy cheap you buy twice so yeah (laughs) it's a good one (laughs) um, i think i'm very fortunate to be in one of the nicer places Yeah, <laughs> uh, but people people know. I think there's a lot of people that are scared to get treatment. Um, I've had a lot of patients come from London to visit me here. Because yeah. they trust me. Um, previously, they were flying to the UK for treatment. Uh, so it's, wow. it's just, that yeah. gives you a, a really sort of crisp example of the lack of trust within the profession here. Um, but yeah. with time, I I think that's going to change, especially with social media. When people see what their dentist, their practitioner, their GP is able to perform, then there's that inherent trust already, which I suppose people have about UK dentistry. Yeah. And uh, what was the process like of uh, getting your license in Dubai? Is it uh, hard to do, like coming from the UK? It's or? not difficult to do. There's just a lot to it. You have to um, submit lots of um, lots of requests. They want to be in touch with your university. They want to have your usual job references. Um, but yeah. the, the hardest part about it is you have to sit an exam, uh, the Dubai Health Authority examination. Uh, yeah. Oh, my days. These are, these are questions back to how amalgam <laughs> sets. Uh, yeah. I, I just went in one ear and one out the other. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, setting times for different materials, um, you know, things that you really use in day-to-day practice or, or need to know ever, um, they're the yeah. one to know. Um, so it required a lot of studying. <laughs> yeah. How long did you study for that uh, before you, uh, before you wrote it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, we had, uh, so in, um, as of like 2010, uh, there's like mutual reciprocal agreements between like Canada, Ireland, um, Australia, and New Zealand. Uh, so like grads from those countries can like go to each other, one of the other countries and work without a, without a major issue. You just have to write the local board exam. Sure. Um, yeah, so I had to write the uh, Canadian board exam and it was exactly like, like you said, it's just like, what's the setting time on like this impression material? Like what's like the catalyst in this? Like what's like the, the density of like this dental stone? I'm like, what is this? Like, like no one knows this stuff. (laughs) 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 Absolutely useless. Um, so pretty cool, man. So tell me, um, I'm pretty big into this whole Instagram thing right now and I'm starting to, you know, build a little community on Instagram, um, of dentists. And, um, just for the podcast sake, just to meet people like, like I met you reach out to people and, and, you know, share ideas and, and grow that little community. So what's uh, been the role of Instagram for you? Um, has it been a bit of a marketing play where, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like patients like to see, you know, um, their dentist work and it, it builds that trust and, 
and they come to you or um, like talk to me a little bit about that and 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 um, how useful it's been for you. Um, Instagram's been invaluable, particularly in Dubai. Um, I have a lot of patients coming to me through it. They they, they see what I do and they like it. Um, and so yeah, I spoke about that trust that they have before you've even you've even met that person. Um, so we have a lot of that. Yeah. Um, you've got people that just have some questions and just want to know a bit more about dental health. And you know, what's five seconds out of my life to write a response to that? Just a quick hello. Yeah. Yeah. what you should be doing if you're stuck look give me a call or come down and see me um mm -hmm. it's nice as well because it makes you focus on your um clinical dentistry more you want to make sure you've got the right before and after photographs and not yeah. from a, yeah. a professional perspective to share with colleagues but also uh, i guess a marketing perspective you, that you can then share with uh, patients and so you can explain uh, for 20 minutes something about a tooth and the patient can sit there and not <laughs> and not have a clue. If you pull them a yeah. photograph, they'll get it instantly. Um, yeah. So yeah. a photograph speaks a thousand words, and it's so true, uh, especially for dentistry. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it makes you focus and improve your your, your photography skills, um, and then just building up nice cases then to show off. Um, and you never know when you'll meet anybody. You could be out at the bar, you could be playing golf, you know, you could be sitting on a plane and say, "Hey, what do you do?" And you say, "Well, this yeah. is this is what I do," and you take your phone out and you just pass it to them. Yeah. And it, uh, that's pretty sick. a lot of small talk is that a, does that work pretty well for you at the bars or <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that's good <laughs> so yeah <laughs> oh that's good stuff man um so what's like what's the what's next like in terms of your um in terms of your vision, obviously you're you're executing pretty well right now, and you're you're where you want to be, and you just made the big move to Dubai and, and doing some high end stuff. Um, you're an associate right now, right? Or is it sort of you're like you're in a partnership in your own practice, or what's the setup? Yeah, so I'm an associate um, within this practice, and I'm one of um, eight dentists that work there. Um, I'm mm -hmm. one of um, one of three general dentists, so me and two others. Um, the yeah. rest then they're all specialists which is great um mm -hmm. where do i see myself i'm well i have a training academy uh i it's called uh, facial aesthetic courses okay so what we do is we teach doctors dentists and registered nurses within the uk how to perform these facial treatments so anything from facial sculpting to your simple botox filler fat dissolving techniques and um so we want to set the bar high and make sure that people are providing high-end treatments for their patients, not only just for themselves from professional indemnity, but also from an ethical and patient safety standpoint. Um, we yeah. don't want people to look fake, look unreal. Uh, yeah, we see a lot of those blown out lips here in, uh, in Toronto. <laughs> we see some crazy things. And yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's simple things from counseling uh, to the right patient, uh, to the right treatments. There's several different ways to do lips, for example, to fill them. Um, sometimes not even filling the lips is the right treatment to give them bigger lips. Um, yeah. uh, things to close black triangles between teeth. Um, TMD, as I mentioned earlier. So we, we teach people how to do this yeah. and how to do it safely so that they feel confident to do it in their own practice. Um, we've, okay. we've developed quite a good curriculum. Um, people, when they sign up to the course, they... Uh, complete their online learning, which is uh, some papers to read through, some quizzes to go through, and then we have lots of videos to demonstrate the techniques to you. Uh, and then once you've completed that, we allow you to attend the hands-on course, which is uh, mm -hmm. for foundation delegates, two full days, uh, focusing on each specialty. 
Um, and then, yeah, it means that you, you walk away, you're insured, all these things, and you can provide these treatments and build a really good list and a good reputation. That's awesome. And uh, what's this course called? Um, I'll put it in the show notes afterwards. Yeah, um, if you want to have a facialaestheticcourses.com. Um, and within that link, you'll be onto our website where we have all of the, the offerings. Um, yeah. For anybody that's just getting into it or that has maybe done a course years ago but hasn't really developed new techniques, then um, the foundation course is usually the best one to start on. Foundation weekend. Yeah. So one day spent mm-hmm. on Botox, and that's upper, lower face and full body. Um, and then the foundation dermal filler day, which is usually on the Sunday. Um, rather than teach people how to do nose to mouth lines or marionettes, which is an okay treatment, but you get average results, we teach you how to do yeah. treatments, so cheek augmentation and pull the face back. And we really look at the face from a plastic surgeon's point of view. Um, yeah. Think about the aging process. And as we know, the bone recedes back. You get changes within fatty compartments. Uh, and so we try to augment and reposition the face according to bony resorption. So it's uh, it's pretty, That's awesome. pretty full on. And how many, uh, yeah, how many times a year do you run this course, the hands-on component? Uh, we run it 24 times a year. Um, so we run wow. one in London, one in Glasgow once a month. So That's amazing. Yeah, pretty, I'll have to come out to that. Very, very welcome. <laughs> and so... How, how did you, because um, it's so cool, because um, something that I've been sort of uh, grappling with and, and sort of starting to lay some foundation on is I want to start um, doing some CE, um, online CE courses as well. Um, not so much that like, I'll be the one teaching, but uh, one of the reasons I've actually started this podcast and um, it's such a powerful like networking tool, right? Just like me building this relationship with you, talking to you um, down the line, if I want to do something, um, you know, we can... Uh, perhaps collaborate um so i want to create like sort of like a like a little hub for like new grads um like an online platform where they sort of just come in it's like a centralized like library of like online courses for like every discipline and it's all like under one roof type thing so they don't have to because i find a lot of new grads like myself included like we come out and there's just so much like online like ce courses there's um you know there's like for the online stuff there's like dental xp for like implants there's like the uh, academy of general dentistry um, so there's so many places that people can go and people get lost a little bit. They're not sure, like uh, myself included, like where to focus my attention. What's, you know, what's worth it. What's not worth it. Um, so how did you get the idea of like starting a course and like, how did you like execute that like, from, from the idea to like actually laying it out, um, building the online, um, side of things and then running the, the actual hands-on component. It came about through, I had some training for it shortly after graduating. And at, uh, the, I mentioned how we do our Botox courses over, Botox and filler, sorry, over a weekend. Um, yeah. The very same course crammed into just one day. And um, yeah. it lacked uh, substance. It required more information on anatomy, safety, um, mm. you know, contraindications for certain patients, and then how to, how to treat complications. Complications is one of the biggest things within facial aesthetics, for example, which you need yeah. inside and out to manage your patients. An example would be if you inject a filler into the nasolabial fold, which is most foundation students are taught this, why we try to avoid treating this area in our courses, is because you have a facial yeah. artery which runs just behind the ligament, sometimes within it. If you inject dermal mm-hmm. filler into that and it embolizes, it can anastomose with the circle of Willis within the brain. Yeah. Travel Oof, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the optic artery can travel down through and it can actually um, cut off the blood supply to the eye and lead to blindness. Um, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that we weren't taught. And that's, that's quite a big thing to miss out on. Yeah. Um, so I <laughs> yeah. sat down with my business partner um, 
we've been friends since first year of dental school and we said, look, we think we could do a better job. Um, and it wasn't about the money. It was about just providing a good system for people to follow, a safe system for people to follow. Um, the online library, anybody can come back at any time and revisit those videos. And we update those videos on a regular occurrence. And so it means that they can keep up to date with things. And at the end of the day, if they're ever stuck, um, which I find difficulty with, is they can pick up the phone and call me anytime um, if they're ever having issues. Um, so we've got a fantastic support network. We have about seven lecturers that work for us now. Um, they're yeah. all there at hand to help out. So that's primarily what drove it forward. That's pretty cool. So and how many years ago did that start? Um, it's coming on three years now. So Okay. <laughs> so you've, uh, you've accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. So it's good. <laughs> Best in pieces. <laughs> yeah. And uh, okay. So, and sort of another, like what I'm interested in as well, um, especially when talking to people, you know, who've, you know, been doing great things and, and, you know, just standing out amongst like the average, that what a dent, average dentist would be doing is, uh, so I want to like get into the psyche a little bit, like the motivation behind it, like your mentality um, and a bit of like, I don't know if you listen to like other podcasts, like uh, Tim Ferriss podcast or, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and those guys. Um, I'm just like, I'm curious, like when I talk to people who are, you know, successful at what they're doing is um, like, what's your like mentality? Like, what do you, like, what's your, like, do you have like a morning routine that you do? Um, is there certain books that have been like influential to you? Um, like the role of like exercise or whatever, like what, what kind of stuff are you doing on the side to like supplement and um, help you like, you know, reach your goals outside of dentistry? Um, the most important thing is having positive people around you. You know, ultimately, we're products of our friends or family. And if you have anybody yeah. negative around you, then you have to ask them. Uh, yeah. I don't mix my words when I say that because they can impact on you, your, your, your lifestyle, your home life. Um, so if you have people that are negative around you, just, yeah, keep them at arm's length. Um, that's yeah. one big thing. <laughs> The next thing for me um, is that you've got to work hard and stay humble. So no matter how successful you become, um, I'm not ever, I'll never flaunt in anybody's face. Um, I don't think I'm that successful. I think I've still got a long way to go um, to where I think I want to be. Um, things that I find that I need to keep me sane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spend time with my friends. Um, getting away from dentists sometimes is a good thing. It's not being surrounded by yeah. dentists all the time. Um, and yeah, hitting the gym quite a lot. So physical activity is so mm -hmm. important. It keeps, keeps the body good. You know, we're let over all the time. Um, so yeah. keeping our muscles in good shape, keeping the body working. So, so important. You know, I know a lot of dentists that they look to be in okay shape. They're, they're pretty skinny, uh, but they've all had heart attacks. So, you know, <laughs> the skinny fat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and at the end of the day, you know, we're just dentists. We're not. Mm -hmm. we're not anything apart from that you know we're no different to anybody else that goes out and does their nine to five we've just got a different job to them and i think a lot of dentists mm -hmm. can lose track of that um and think that they're you know some sort of amazing gift to the world but uh <laughs> although it's transforming and it's amazing what we do we're just yeah at the end of the day so that's you just got to keep yourself firmly grounded keep the perspective that's huh? it. yeah <laughs> <Judge me. laughs> yeah <laughs> 
And uh, so what's it like over in Dubai? Like, do you have a good f- friend base over there as well that you've like, I mean, you just recently moved there, right? So did you have, like, did you used to, tra- I feel like you traveled back and forth before you moved permanently or you just kind of uh, jump ship and uh, made the move over? So I've done some work in Bahrain, which is about an hour's flight away from here. Uh, yeah. And uh, I have some friends that live lived here for five years. So I came out for holidays and things, you know, um, it's a fantastic yeah. place to go on holiday. You can have a really chilled lifestyle. Where you can have a party lifestyle, a city lifestyle that we all love. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's it's just, it's quite a lot of young people as well. So it just breeds success. You know, people are so enthusiastic. Um, it's not cliquey the way you'd find in some big cities, uh, westernized big mm-hmm. cities. Um, and everybody's just wanting to network, have a good chat. And, um, you know, if you can spark off a business or have some sort of entrepreneurial conversations, then you, you find you walk into a lot of those here, which is good. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I miss that a bit. And that, uh, cause I live in a suburb here. So it's a bit like, there's not many people around like outside of, and that's why like, I mean, the podcast has been such a blessing is, um, I get to have these conversations like over this medium instead of, uh, meeting up with someone and doing it. Cause it's, um, but I'm looking locally, uh, it's, and I, I really do agree. And I really, um, believe in the saying, like, you know, like you're the average of like the five people like you hang out with most, um, because it does have a big influence on you. Like the people around you, if they're ambitious and driven, um, and not just content with what they have or, or like, you know, depressive or sad, like you said, or negative, um, it can have a like, massive impact on, on where you end up. Um, so another thing I've been sort of, uh, you know, I, t- I talked to other, f- a few other guests about is, um, sort of like, um, like appearance, like what you wear to work and stuff. So I've been, um, uh, like in dental school, we had to like dress up, so, you know, like formal, formal clothes, like, you know, dress shirt and uh, slacks and dress shoes. Uh, so when I graduated, I was like, I'm just gonna wear scrubs and like runners and like, that'll be, <laughs> that'll be the way to go. Um, but <laughs> I can see from your reaction already. Like, so if you want to do high end stuff, obviously like you got to look the part a bit. Right. So, um, like what's your thoughts on that? Like, does that, how much of an impact does that actually have versus like how, you know, uh, well you communicate with patients or how well, uh, how good your work is versus like how you Let look. me put it like this. You wouldn't walk into a Rolls Royce showroom in tracksuit bottoms and a hoodie. <laughs> yeah trying to buy a Rolls Royce would you <laughs> um, actually I don't know I might like I, I love uh, just being like the unexpected just walk in with like a suitcase full of cash and be like fully underestimated and no one pays attention you're like uh, regular stuff right there <laughs> yeah um, yeah you know I think I think um, taking pride in your appearance is important uh, especially if you want to perform aesthetic dentistry I would not go to yeah. someone who cannot dress properly and expect them to give me a good smile. I'm sorry, but that just would not happen. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got to dress smart. You've got to smell good. Be well-groomed. People can judge you if you want for that. But it's, mm-hmm. it's a key component to a successful aesthetic practice. You know, um, you know, if you're going to be biased and stereotype people, which I think a lot of people still do. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's in our, it's in our what I'm, I'm trying to find for lack of a better word. It's in our subconscious. <laughs> you know, yeah. someone before they've even opened their mouth. So if the first thing they see is your clothes and how well you're presented, then it is important to dress well. Um, and, you know, sticking on tracksuit bottoms is just as easy as sticking on <laughs> dress yeah. trousers as well. It Am is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the, com- the comfort thing is not the same, but to society. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, that's good stuff. no, I'm going to, I'm going to change it up. I, <laughs> I, uh, I told myself I'll wait till the new, like my new year's resolution would be to like put more effort into what I wear at work. 
Um, so starting in the new year, I'm going to start uh, dress shoes. Do you wear a tie? <laughs> What's your, do you wear a tie or just like dress? No. Um, so in the past I just go open, open collar. Um, it's really yeah. smart. And then, um, the practice started wearing scrub tops. So I wore scrub top with dress trousers and smart shoes. Um, and yeah. now we wear, um, bespoke, um, sort of fitted uniform, um, which is like a Oh, it's like the the the, the polos, right? Oh, yeah, I think and I saw those. Yeah, it's trousers, um, and then just cool white shoes. So you can still get your <laughs> little rebellious side out and your uh, funky. Yeah. Um, but, right. I'm gonna switch it up. <laughs> I like the I like the yeah I like the scrub top with uh, like dress pants and uh, dress yeah. shoes. I think that's the way. It to looks go. really smart, and do you know it's so easy to put yeah. on. You keep your scrub top at work. You turn up in your your mm-hmm. hoodie if you want, <laughs> and then throw on the scrub top. Job done. Yeah. And then you get to go. That's awesome. And uh, are you into like watches at all? Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love watches. What are you wearing? What watch? Uh, or do you have like a like a dream watch that you're kind of working towards? Or? Right now, I'm wearing a a bimetal Submariner. Uh, oh, okay, nice. The blue face. You can see. Oh, beautiful! So yeah, I've had that guy for That's a while. Awesome. Um, yeah. Had a Hublot Big Bang before. Um, Mm-hmm. but it was too much um dream watch is probably good for a i think a classical ulysses narden so some yeah. years old look for that um but for for now um i just want to just enjoy the country and not spend all my savings <laughs> on flash watches yeah you're in a you're in a dangerous place for a watch oh, enthusiast so <laughs> gotta be careful about yourself what what are you into do you have any um i mean i haven't i haven't gone like super high end yet um the first one i want to buy is um a speed like omega Speedmaster. beautiful um, just like for the for the history of the watch like i just want like i like that's like it'll be like my first nice one um my only problem is though they're a bit small like they're on the smaller side i have a pretty big wrist yeah. um so they're like i think they're like a 40 millimeter uh uh, diameter on those they have some that are like 42 but it's not like the original like sort of like Speedmaster. so um so yeah, I got it. I was I was close to buying one like uh, last month uh, when I was in Melbourne like a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, they're a bit on the small side, so I got to see if I can just live with that or or change it up. Slightly off topic, but if you go on to there's a really good app where you can price watches. It's called Chrono Twenty Four. Yeah. Okay. I know about yeah. them. Yeah. Go on to that. Oh, so you have the app. Go on to that. You can <laughs> yeah. trade watches on it. It's very very effective for selling watches and also buying them. They're, they're all there. So it's yeah. Pretty legit. And what about cars? Are you into yeah. cars? uh not so much no that's like the one thing i i, you know, I don't care too much about you know, <laughs> which is good i think i can put my money elsewhere <laughs> brilliant you're into cars um i learned to drive when i was seven years old yeah yeah countryside like i said and so I, yeah um i've driven everything i've driven uh, old cars go-karts four by fours um mm-hmm. lorries so articulated lorries yeah. boats I've just been very, very fortunate. Um, I don't come from a wealthy yeah. background, but um, I've been exposed to a lot of uh, really fun things. Um, I joined the Air Cadets when I was really young, so got to fly, got to okay. aerobatics, uh, gliding. Yeah. So yeah, love all of that. And um, I recently, before I moved out here, uh, I was very, very fortunate to have an Aston Martin. So I worked hard for those, oh, yeah. and it was just so the uh, the Botox course must be doing pretty well, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh got their vices and um cars yeah. are definitely mine. I've always I've always been around them. So, yeah, you know, 
Awesome. Was it a, like a DB9 or what you have? Um, this one I had Advantage, a V Advantage. Okay. Yeah. 4.2 V. Yeah, those are nice. And um, I think the fastest I got it up to was about 165. Uh, that was it, yeah. towards its limit. That's, yeah. And uh, I had a, so one of the uh, dentists I work for, he has an Audi R8. Beautiful car. Um, yeah. So he let me drive that a couple months back and that was pretty exciting. So That's a good car. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll get into it. I think eventually when the time comes, I'll, I'll pick something nice up for myself. Well, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I grew up more into like sports and stuff. So I didn't, uh, yeah, surprisingly, like I don't know how like go the, you know, the car posters on my wall or anything like that. So um, it's something maybe I'll, I'll get into a little bit later on in life, but um, yeah, watches for sure. I think, um, I'll get a, start with Omega. I like uh, IWC as well, like the Portuguese. <clears throat> um, I like, I don't know, I just want to be like a bit more of a, like, like I love Rolex and stuff too, but it's like, um, I feel like it's just like, yeah, yeah, everyone has one and it's like, yeah, so I want to get something like a bit more like unique and more like something like a watch enthusiast would be like, oh, cool, like this guy knows what he's doing kind of thing. So that for me is the appeal of the Ulysses Norden. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Right. Um, so what about, um, just to f- uh, finish up with a little bit more den- dental talk. Um, one thing I've spent a lot of time this year is, uh, is with like communicating and like case acceptance um, and, and that side of things. So, like, so you can do as much training as you want and, you know, be like the best, do the best crown preps or best veneers in the world. But if you, I feel like if you can't communicate that to the patient that what value you can provide um, or build the value in the treatment, they're not going like, to necessarily go for it or accept it, especially with the uh, you know, larger price tags. So uh, I'm curious, like, what's your routine or technique like, um, or if you have any like, tidbits for the listeners, um, anything that you find like keywords or phrases that um, you know, are pretty valuable and, peop- and it works pretty well with patients? Um, I think that'd be pretty, pretty uh, important to hear. I think you can sit and be a salesman all day long. Um, I think the most important thing for me, which which is, I suppose, my key to success is I, I like to get to know my patient. I, I want to hear where they've come from. I want to hear what issues they have um, and see if I can find a solution to help them. At the end of the day, we're there to help them. Um, yeah. You know, you might put it this way. If you have this idea that you want to sell some crowns and you think you're going to make five grand off the patient, what would we do? You'll be too busy thinking about that whilst they're sat in the chair to actually focus on them. And you yeah. delivered a high level of service. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, there's hundreds of thousands of dentists out there that the patient could go to anytime at all. They've got to pick you for a reason. So coming across as yourself, being real with them, having a joke with them, and spending time with them. Yeah. More importantly, spending time with them, mm-hmm. educating them. And um, you'll find that you're you'll be incredibly successful with it. Um, put yourself in the patient's shoes. You want to trust someone, you want to make sure they do what they're yeah. doing. And that they fully understand you. So, uh, the sales technique don't really have. I think just being yeah. real with your patient is is the most important thing. So, when you're first starting out, um, if you're like you're working in a general office and patients are coming to you, not necessarily like knowing that you know you're an aesthetic dentist or offer these sort of services, because um, that's my situation right now. Like I'm just in a general office. It's, people aren't coming, you know, to see me for like veneers or just coming to like you know, uh, for cleaning, for any fillings and stuff. So I'm just curious to see like how to even begin that conversation of, oh, like, are you happy with your smile or like, like not even not trying to sell it even, but just to even like uh, bring it up and be and create that dialogue with the patient to talk about like the aesthetic side of things apart from just the health side of things. Few few options you can go down. Um, one, have a, 
big TV in the background. So when the patient gets sat forward, they've got this like reel of images coming through. Nice wee slideshow. Mm -hmm. um, next option would be to um, say if they have like a, a really bad crown margin on the back, you say like your margin's showing, I see the metal or the tooth shining through. You might want to think about getting this chained for something a bit more aesthetic as a discussion point uh, because you're not going to offend the mm -hmm. patient. You're only saying what you see. Um, yeah. All the way through to um, talking about other treatments you provided recently. Um, you know, when the patient comes in, they'll say, have you had a busy day? Yeah, it's been really busy. I've been doing some veneers or some crowns. I had a smile makeover in just last week. And you know, I'm really excited about yeah. it because it's going to be a beautiful result. And they'll say, oh yeah? Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and, good. You know, that's it's only because you're not leading anybody along because you're just telling the truth and you're showing how passionate you are about it. So yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> no, that's great. That's No, that's good tips. Because I mean, I, I find like generally speaking, like I... I'm like pretty comfortable with patients and like communicating and everything. Um, but yeah, I was um, being a newer grad. Like I was a bit hesitant at the start to like, even like talk about like more expensive treatment. Cause I wasn't just, I wasn't comfortable with like the dollar figures like myself to be like, Oh, you need this, this, and this, and it's going to you know cost like $8,000 or $10,000 or what, what be. Um, Cause necessarily like I couldn't even afford it. Like when I was a new grad. Right. So I was just like, you, you're not, you don't have that comfort, comfort uh, zone talking about it, but yeah, slowly I think it's coming along and, and getting better and, um, I'm getting to do more of the stuff that, uh, more ideal treatment for the patient and, uh, in turn, like what I enjoy doing more often as well. Um, so I think it's good tips. Uh, like, I like that crown margin one. I think that's a good, yeah. like a good starting point to talk about and go from there. You say about not having the confidence to talk to patients, but how many hundreds of thousands of dollars have you invested into your training? How many years of your life have you yeah. to, um, you know, become a dentist? How many sacrifices yeah. have you made? So why should you cut your prices? Why should you be scared about talking about the price? If the patient's there and they're having the discussion with you, then they want to talk. Yeah. So I think yeah. you've, you've got to have uh, an understanding that there's a lot of value in yourself and you can do a lot of wonderful things for them. So why feel uncomfortable about mm -hmm. that? No, that's true. And that's a great point. Um, I think that's uh, a lot of people need to like overcome that. And I think it's the ones that do that, you know, like yourself and others who are doing like more high-end stuff. Um, they get to where they want to get to because they have that confidence in, in their own ability and like what value they can provide to like do that. So um, that's pretty sweet. Uh, so in terms of uh, like uh, workflow with like lab and stuff, um, like are you doing a lot of, you said CAD cam, like are you doing like any, is it mostly for posteriors that you're using like the CAD cam stuff for? Or do you even like, as in, I know in the US and like some other podcasts I'm hearing like some guys are starting to do uh, like veneers and stuff with uh, CAD cam and uh, Emacs as well. Um, Obviously, like for the like the high end aesthetic market, it's probably not the way to go for interiors just yet. Uh, but what's your like experience been with uh, with the new technologies? Yeah, I mean, um, I only have experience with um, Cirac, so I've been using yeah. Omnicam for the past few years. Um, mm -hmm. um, hundreds and hundreds of um, posterior units, um, bridges, both posterior and anterior, and posteriorly, it's perfect. It's great. Anteriorly, I don't think it's where it needs to be just yet. I think it lacks a lot yeah. of grocery anatomy, which we find the technician can put into it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's getting there. Um, one of my friends just went on a course recently where they're doing a, like a 24-hour turnaround on smile makeovers. Oh, wow. Um, including sort of non-surgical crown lengthening. Um, mm -hmm. And the results are just wonderful. Um, and these guys have been at it for quite some time um, and have the full setup for it, which is a huge, huge investment. Um, mm -hmm. the results that they were showing me just looked excellent. Um, so it's actually something that we're starting to work at in the new practice. 
um, is to get this digital workflow up to scratch. I've tried it in the past uh, and previously I haven't been satisfied with the results. So I've always opted for lab made crowns and veneers yeah. for these aesthetic cases. Um, but I think it's, it's really now is the time that it's changing. It's definitely getting there. Certainly from what I'm starting to see from other practitioners uh, in different countries. Um, and it's something that I want to get involved in because I don't like to miss out on these types of things. So yeah, yeah for sure. You want to be cutting edge, right? It's the future. Um, who are some uh, dentists that you like look up to and follow or have been like sort of like mentors for you, um, like directly or indirectly, like in the past few years? I used to sit on the board of the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. Um, and I came off it just last year because um, I have a lot of other things going on with work. Um, yeah. And the, the, the other board members are just wonderful, wonderful dentists. So the top 5% um, of UK cosmetic dentists right there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they, they give me a lot of help and advice and I looked up to them for that. Um, Moving on outside of that, uh, Gallup Gorel, uh, I like his techniques. I think they're really good. Um, mm-hmm. Didier, really good techniques. Um, Paolo, really good as well. Um, so, yeah, lots to, lots to learn from them. Um, yeah. And that's really, that's really about it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Focus on doing my own thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Good I stuff. To, um, I look at other dentists and compare myself to them. Um, I think a lot yeah. of problems within dentistry is dentists, as you know, will probably be maybe quite sarky towards other dentists unnecessarily. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. You loads of it. I, I'd never get involved. Um, <laughs> I'm just happy to be doing what I'm doing. And if my friends, my other colleagues are doing well, then so be it. Let them, let them continue at it, you know? Yeah. No, that's interesting. I, I don't know why that is with dentists. Like I find like on these like Facebook pages or um, like Instagram, like a little bit less. So I find, um, just people are just like ripping into each other for like stuff. Like, oh, like, I'm just like, like, what, what benefit do you get out of this? Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, cause they're not even on the tools doing the treatment. So yeah, <laughs> everybody wants their five minutes of fame. So it's, it's better to be famous for good things rather than being a, a nonce. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why, I mean, I, like I do like, I mean, it's like, I'm not doing like good work at all, but I, um, I like just posting it anyways. Cause I think it's good for like other people just to see like, like not perfect stuff all the time because it's like real life. Um, exactly. And then this way I'm, ho- I'm hoping I can, uh, I can like show my growth over, and like people can follow the journey and, and see like if, as I, as I start to do better work, then uh, hopefully I could like motivate other people to do that as well. So um, that's awesome. man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you probably had a busy work day. It looks like you got a nice, uh, nice setup over there in Dubai and hopefully uh, keep seeing some like great work coming out of you. Do you have any intention to do any like other uh, branching out your courses into like more, like aesthetic side of things, like aside from the facial aesthetics? Uh, possibly in the future. Um, although just now, just it's so time consuming getting set up uh, to work within the UAE. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be India and then perhaps Australia. Um, I think there's a big demand in Australia. Um, yeah, for sure. Good quality training um, uh, off, the, off the grapevine. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me know because uh, I might. Um, so, um, yeah, we're like our, like my wife is, uh, like she's doing medicine, like I told you earlier and she's, uh, like applied for residency back in Canada, but, um, she's got her internship and stuff sorted out in Melbourne right now. Um, so we're, we might be moving back there. So if you end up coming to Australia, let me know and, uh, we can uh, collaborate somehow and I can come learn from you and hey, <laughs> be awesome. a bit of a, yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Um, I don't know. I think I'm thinking like, just looking at like sheer numbers, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think if you're pretty uh, dedicated and have the drive to be like a, like a high end dentist. 
I think it's almost just like on just numbers of like, like uh, dentists doing that. I think it's, you're more likely to be successful than just like a general dentist working in the city. Cause there's just like thousands of them versus like a smaller few of uh, number of people doing like high end stuff. Like, is that, is that wrong? Or like, what do you think about that? Um, swings and roundabouts to be honest with you because you could you could be in a high-end practice and people not want to come there because they'll think they're too scared to come to think i'm not here for cosmetic dentistry i just want to know my mm-hmm. mind secure um uh yeah no i think you want to be in a practice that's mixed you want your daily intake of regular patients for routine work and you want mm-hmm. to get from that from those patients as a base high-end treatments and then you also want to market um to um those aesthetic patients that want to come in for the purely cosmetic work and then return to their GP afterwards. So you want a mixture of, yeah. in my opinion, you need your bread and butter um, as well as your aesthetic cases. So it's a company. Yeah, to keep things going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been great talking to you. A lot of good insight. Yeah, it's always uh, it's always exciting to talk to uh, you know people who are just doing good things because uh, it gets me motivated and it gets me uh, excited to you know keep going and keep doing things differently and and grow from there. So I really appreciate it. I'll keep uh, looking out for your work. Yes, um, any help or advice, give me a shout. And if you're in Dubai. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll post the uh, the link for the for your course on there as well. And um, and yeah, it'd be great. It's a great idea. Um, if I ever, um, we come to Europe a decent amount because my wife uh, grew up in France. So okay. uh, if I'm there next time, hopefully it works out with your courses and uh, I can drop in for one of those. Be brilliant. Stay in touch. Yeah, awesome. Take care. Have a good night.